Hello and welcome to the Growing Mums podcast with me, Kira Hawkins. I'm a primary school teacher and ordinary mum of two, trying to muddle through motherhood and learn from my mistakes along the way. Here we will be talking all things modern parenting, from baby and toddler sleep to self-development and growth. We will be having those raw conversations that we often don't get a chance to have in the playground and we will be searching for those moments where we find connection through shared experiences. So get ready for some expert advice as well as insightful motherhood confessions. Let's get started. Hello everybody. I hope you're having a brilliant week. I um, It's been a really busy one. I don't know about you guys, but the end of term feels overwhelming. Like Betsy is so tired. Oh my goodness. Bless her. Um, she's really emotional and... Being in the thick of it with her is also really emotional for me. Obviously, I'm being strong, trying to be strong for her. But when she's literally screaming at me and I'm tired, it's so hard. It's so triggering. I don't know if anyone else is going through this, but this whole after school collapse thing is a lot. Um, Yeah. Anyway, let me introduce you to this week's guest who is called Josie and her Instagram is Blooming Motherful. And she is an emotional eating coach. And um, she coaches mums specifically through emotional eating and um, helps them with their issues with food. And the reason she actually got in touch with me and I really wanted to have her on because I don't know about you guys, but growing up in the sort of 80s, 90s where models were stick thin, Kate Moss was saying nothing tastes as good as skinny feels and magazines everywhere. It was a really toxic environment for diet culture. And um, I definitely have felt that. And in this episode, I'm way more honest and real than I actually was planning to be because I really tell it how it is for me. And um, I hope it's helpful because, yeah, it's like really sort of show me how deep rooted my issues are. So, um, I really hope you enjoy it. Josie's absolutely amazing. She's a mum of two. She like holds her house together by the sounds of it. Like she's absolutely amazing. The way she talks about how her and her partner work together as a team. Um, And yeah, she's an emotional eating coach. Okay, here she is, Josie. Hello, Josie. Hello. hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. So did you manage to get your kids in bed? Is it all fine? yeah it is it's we're like it's nearly half time isn't it so everyone's just so tired and it it goes one way or the other some nights it just means they conk out and other nights it's like you're there for hours because they're so tired but yeah it was a conk out mm-hmm. night so oh amazing <laughs> they pulled it out the bag um yeah. and said that your partner goes to the gym that is incredibly nice of you to um let your partner go to the gym at bedtime (laughs) yeah I think after obviously like a crazy few years with two kids and we also decided to move house and lots of other things in the time as well which was probably a bit silly but I think we've both realized in the last few months how much we both need that kind of sanity break whatever it is and so we're both quite committed to giving each other that time so yeah I do get my own time as well it's not just him (laughs) But like that's so nice. Yeah, um, I feel like we all need to take a leaf out of your book. I've got a confession. So sure. my youngest is going to be two in January, and I've never done a bedtime on my own. Have you not? My partner has. I've never done it. I always call in the cavalry. I'm always like, "Mum, please may you help?" Or <laughs> Yeah, or like I get a friend. I don't know. I've just never done it on my own. But I, I need. Yeah. To 
I need to to feel empowered I think yeah I think we um well in the early days I definitely always had help but I think we found especially recently since the younger one so she'll be two in March since she's got that little bit older and she's got a bit savvy it's actually harder with two of us because they like play you off against each other they'll both be like I want mummy I want daddy and then you have to like swap and it just so actually it's easier now for just one of you to do it so we try and just alternate who does each night so every other day I get a night off so it's quite nice oh (laughs) my gosh that is so nice right that is the way forward we're gonna have to start doing that (gasps) yeah do it that's amazing (laughs) right oh my gosh Okay, that is a revelation. Right, <laughs> we need we are here to talk about emotional eating. So please, could we start by you introducing yourself and just telling us a little bit about you? Yeah, so my name's Josie and I am a health and wellness coach for mums. So I help mums to stop emotional eating, overeating, comfort eating, however you would describe it, and just really help you you know, if lose weight is a goal for you, then great. But actually, there's so much more that comes with it than that, because what you're doing is just freeing your brain from that stress and the strain of being in that yo-yo cycle constantly and using food to deal with your emotions, which is just, it's frustrating. And so it's really helping you get out of that cycle to clear the space in your brain to be able to do what you actually want to do. Mm. And so are you just relaxed about food now? Yeah, I mean, I do still have like the odd day when things are really, really stressful. And I kind of I can kind of feel that trigger coming back in a little bit. But I think one of the things that I always say with clients is that awareness is the first step in everything. And I think my awareness is really heightened to it now. So I can feel it coming in. And sometimes... I still choose to like so today I was feeling particularly like oh everyone's tired end of term and we went to a cafe and they do like the best chocolate cake ever Mm. and even though I wasn't super hungry I was like you know what I'm gonna have some because there's actually something about even just eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full that can feel restrictive because you know food's meant to be joyful so whilst ideally we would only ever eat when we're hungry there's going to be times where you're not hungry but you've got this opportunity to have like a real joyful moment with something that's really delicious and so I took it but the difference was I didn't have a bite and then go oh gosh this is so naughty I'm gonna just finish the plate now because I've started so I may as well finish it and then spend my whole day worrying about the fact that I ate some cake like the difference is I had it and I was like oh this tastes really good yeah I, I actually do think I'll have a bit more and like I had that real sense of okay now I've had enough I didn't finish it and that a year ago would have been unheard of because it would have been such a treat to be having that thing in the first place Mm. that I'd have to finish it because in my head it's like well I don't know when I'm gonna next get this kind of treat Mm. whereas now I'm like it's available to me whenever I want it so it doesn't I don't need to finish the whole thing and that's the difference now I think. I mean that is just amazing that's the dream isn't it to just be relaxed and have a sort of abundance mindset when it comes to food um that is incredible so firstly so you said the first start of that is acknowledging so how do you know if you're an emotional eater eater I mean I pretty much know that I am one but how would a mum know that they're what's what are the signs 
I think if you're if food feels like a big deal so if after you're eating you're feeling like super super full because you've had too much or if you notice that you're having it in a res- in response to something difficult happening like having a horrible bedtime with the kids or whatever it is you can start to notice those things and you're like actually I'm not hungry at this point so like there's obviously something happening and it is so common I I would say that probably most people are an emotional eater to some extent we all use food around emotions because food is just such like a common thing to do like even just going to see family like you go and visit your grandparents I guarantee they'll have like bought some food in because it's like a a love thing and that in itself is emotional eating Mm. and that isn't necessarily a problem like you know, it's quite nice to go and then buy this, this special thing that they like to buy for you and you bond over it. But it becomes a problem when it's then stressing you out and it's you're using it instead of actually dealing with the emotions that you've got. Like if you're using it to try and suppress things or avoid things. So it's, I think it's just really asking yourself because everyone will, to some extent, emotionally eat. But it's actually just saying to yourself, is this a problem? Like is this actually something I need to deal with? Do I? And only you can answer that question. Mm. I mean, I think you're absolutely right when you say that the majority of people, and dare I say it, even more women than men? I don't know. But just I'm just thinking, you know, most of us who would be listening were brought up in the 80s or 90s where you know, it's all like Kate Moss, nothing feels as tastes as good as skinny feels and the punishing yourself and our parents were um, sort of punished because they came from a rationing generation, like their parents were from a rationing generation. So they food was a massive deal to mm. them. And then that like transpires down. I just, I don't want to blame my mum because she's amazing, but she even now and I ask her not to in front of my daughter she says like oh my stomach I need to do something about my stomach oh my gosh look it's awful I'm gonna do low carbs I'm gonna do this now blah 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 and like my mum has the most awful relationship with food and that has her 100% passed down to me um and I'm trying to be chill around my daughter and I feel like I was doing quite well with it but recently I've become very restricted again I I really resonate when I read your posts that say about um you have to have food rules because that is so me like I can't just eat normally because I would just binge on everything Mm. so I'm either binging or I'm restricting and being like right now I'm no carbs or now I'm no bread or now I'm only these five different foods or whatever it is and then like allowing myself to have all those so I've done every single diet under the sun and also I have PCOS. So that really adds to the guilt of eating because it's well known that with PCOS, like the more you weigh, the worse your PCOS, like the more body fat you have, the worse your yeah. PCOS is. And I've really struggled with acne. So that really comes into what I eat. Basically, you are just exactly what I need. I need to get some sessions with you. But where was I going with this? This is just so normal for our generation is what I was yeah. trying to say. Yeah, I think it is so so common and I don't think there's many people that haven't been affected by it in some way like most of our parents as amazing as they are will have probably for you know some of our childhood been on some kind of carb-free Atkins whatever the diet was diet clubs that's still going like I still know a load of people that do that now even though some of the yeah. yeah and I just think 
it was so normalized so we almost especially as women as you rightly say like we almost it's like a rite of passage that you have to constantly be on diets because it's what we do because we really care about our appearance and I think for mums especially because your body is so impacted when you go through pregnancy and naturally you're probably going to put some weight on like if you're unable to exercise as much like I couldn't really exercise in my pregnancies that much Mm. and then you eat more because you're tired and it's just like a you know coping mechanism that I definitely noticed that in my pregnancies that I would eat because I kind of got to that I'd been so restricted for years and Mm. so chasing this ideal for such a long time and then I was like oh well you know having a baby now so I'm never going to look like a supermodel so I just went to the other extreme and it was almost like I'd been a coiled spring for so long and all of a sudden it was like well I can just eat anything no food's bad the midwife said I need to be having a bit extra so I'm just going to keep going and then when my first little one arrived it was like peak lockdown season and so there was no proper support anywhere for like feeding and all the rest of it and so I literally self-medicated with chocolate because Mm. I was dealing with this like transformative life experience Mm. with not much you know proper help I had as much as the family could do they were doing but they weren't experts in anything so they were like oh we want to make you feel better what can we do what can we do Mm. can I buy you some chocolate to make you feel better like everyone was just trying to help and it is one of those things that like we just give food to try and like it's a love language Mm. and so I really learned that that was a way to kind of help my mental state but actually then you've got the repercussions of after you've eaten it you're like oh why did I do that that's so annoying now I'm never going to lose the baby weight I'm never going to bounce back and there's so much pressure to do all of these things and so the the change that you desire starts to come from a place of like hating yourself Mm. and it wasn't until like I definitely had a moment so I've got two girls and they're getting that little bit older and I was like I'm so determined that they're not going to hear me say these things like mm. I want them to see me exercise I want them to see me eat healthy foods but from a place of how amazing is it that we get to do these things mm. and how nice are they and how fun is it rather than oh my god I'm so fat I need to go and do this like mm. I'm going to the gym because I need to lose some chub like all of that stuff they're not going to hear me say that I was so determined to raise them in a different way but I realized for myself that I could only keep that change going and make it sustainable by coming from a place of I actually like myself enough to want to make that change Mm. rather than how disgusting am I? I need to change it. Mm. Because when you hate yourself, you don't feel worthy. And if you don't feel worthy, you won't do the things that you need to do to feel better. Mm. It's a hundred percent true. You're punishing yourself. Mm. Mm. And it's like those diets, you can do them for a few weeks, the punishing ones, because you're like, right, willpower, let's go. Let's do, you know, calories or however you're going to do it and so you get really strict and it works for a few weeks and you're like yeah great the pounds are falling off and then something happens you know the kids are ill or you've got a work deadline or something to deal with some kind of drama and you don't have the energy to then focus on being so restrictive Mm -hmm. and because you've been punishing yourself for so long and you've then got this emotional thing happening that you need to deal with you're all of a sudden like oh god get me all the food because I've not been allowed it for so long so you know I'm gonna have it and because you've not been allowed it so long you have more of it to make up for the fact that you're probably going to punish yourself again after this when you get back on the diet so it's just like a vicious cycle rather than being able to just eat normally absolutely and like 
Okay, so say you've you've you know you're an emotional eater or a restrictive eater or whatever it is. What is then you've acknowledged it? What is then the next step in that? So yourself, yourself hating, you know, all of the stuff we've just talked about. What do you do next? So I think there's a couple of things to like approach it in terms of direction. I'd say the first one is when you're looking at your awareness, it's going from that to, you know, what is my usual emotional trigger you might have a few you might just have one is it like a reward after a hard day is it to comfort you because you're lonely like maybe you spend a lot of time by yourself is it just a habit thing like work out which of those things is relevant to you and then at a point where you're feeling quite neutral like you're not in this like impulsive state just sit and think to yourself okay next time I am feeling x whatever it is uh, what else could I do to give me that feeling? So we uh, we emotionally eat when we've got an unmet need and we just, we seem to think that food's going to fix it. So mm-hmm. we say, okay, next time I feel like I need a reward. Like I've spent all day with the kids. I'm overstimulated. I'm touched out. I'm stressed. Like the house is a mess. Mm. I could choose to eat. And that's what I've been doing so far. But acknowledging that that choice that you've made to eat is a choice means you can also choose something different Mm. so when you're feeling neutral you can sit and say okay realistically in that moment when the kids have just gone to bed what could I do instead Mm. and just like brainstorm for yourself like what what would actually make you feel rewarded that would make you feel good long term and not just get that like 10 second hit and then you'd feel bad again Mm. and do this when you're not in that like heightened state and then you get the chance to like rehearse it in your brain. So think, okay, right, imagine I've just put the kids to bed. I'm really stressed. I'm about to go to, you know, grab whatever it is out of the cupboard. Actually, what could I do instead? And just practice in your head doing that thing instead. Mm. And then when you come to that moment, you'll have already kind of practiced it. And your, your brain doesn't really know the difference between doing it in your brain and doing it in person. Mm. Like running through that is as good as you doing it in real life. So if you've practiced it a few times, you're way more likely to be able to actually go, oh, I know. Yeah, maybe I'll just ring my sister instead and have a nice chat with her. Or have a bath or yeah, do a bit of scrolling on Vinted and maybe buy myself something or yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be big stuff. It doesn't have to. It's just noticing like what's the unmet need and what else could help you meet that need. Mm. And if you've thought about it ahead of time, like if you're in that moment and you're like about to open the cupboard door, that's not the time to be like, hold on a minute. Let's work out what else I could do here. Like you need to be doing it at a time when you feel quite normal. Mm. So maybe when you've just eaten and you feel satisfied, do it. Yeah. And when you're chilled, like, you know, maybe later in the evening when you've already decompressed, think, okay, Mm. next time this happens, what? what can I realistically do and obviously don't pick stuff that you can't actually make happen like if you need to be at home because the kids are asleep then it's not going to be realistic to like go out to the cinema and have a nice night out like it's got to be stuff that you could actually do Mm. um but yeah it's just working it out in advance that's the hard thing isn't it because you are quite restricted in like for example I think a lot of people eat out of them when parents it's don't get me wrong it's joyous in so many ways mm-hmm. but it's also um it can be quite uh joyless and quite mm-hmm. what's the word 
like you're quite restricted in the fun that you can have outside of the kids so like in an evening where you'd normally go out and get a buzz from seeing people and having a drink or whatever you're maybe stuck at home um and the fun is in the enjoyment of a delicious treat or something like that so I think that can be why a lot of people eat is to like something fun like getting joy yeah I did a challenge recently all about boredom eating and actually for a lot of people or a lot of what this challenge focused on was nothing to do with the food and I think people were a bit surprised but actually emotional eating has nothing to do with the food itself it's it's the feeling that you think you're going to get from it Mm. and often that boredom eating like the evening when you're a bit like well what are we going to do now it's because you haven't got that purpose that other thing and that is it's really common because as a parent you don't have that much time so it's not like you can have loads of hobbies because Mm. you don't have loads of time to actually do them and it feels like a pressure if you're adding more things onto your list of stuff Mm. to do so a lot of us just don't and we just you know play mum and we have the kids and that's great but then when they are asleep and you're kind of just sat it's like oh well what do I do now like the kids are asleep I don't have that thing and so food just kind of passes the time of day so a lot of we what we did in that challenge was actually looking at what is your purpose like and that doesn't have to mean a career like that can be a variety of things but it's just giving you something that gives you that bit of joy back that is for you like it's not not you as a parent not you as a partner not you as a daughter like what is your thing and I think when you have that that whole I'm just eating to pass the time of day because what else is there to do? It kind of goes away. And that's why if you can deal with the emotional side, you don't have to have the food rules because they're only needed when you're not dealing with the emotional stuff. Mm, Absolutely. Okay. I really like what you said. Yeah. I really like that you said, so you need to find what your thing is and do that instead when you're about to be triggered for emotional eating, but say um, for somebody like me, so I, I ideally in an ideal world would like to be able to just be normal about food but I get really anxious around it so like when I'm at the supermarket I love going to the supermarket and seeing all the things I listen to food podcasts I love hearing about all the delicious things that people are eating but when it comes to myself unless I have restricted all week and I feel like I deserve it I would become really anxious about like I'd probably indulge in something but then I'd feel really guilty after and then restrict again like how do you become norm like how do you stop yourself restricting because I actually did a little experiment with myself this week because I was like I'm just gonna like do a Josie and just have what I want when I want it and not restrict mm-hmm. I just eat everything I can't yeah. just be chilled I just like was going for everything so now I've had to go back to restricting again mm-hmm. um so how do you just be relaxed about it and enjoy a bit of cake and then stop? Yeah, I mean, it's a process. Don't get me wrong. I didn't do it overnight. I think there's two things. So there's there's various mindful eating practices that you can try and implement so that often a lot of the times when we're indulging in these foods, we're not even thinking about it. Like you do it so passively because I think you almost know you're going to make yourself feel guilty for it in, you know, like as soon as you've eaten it so you almost do it and like concentrate on something else so you don't even get the joy from eating the food that you like in the first place so things like you know slowing down and actually making sure that you're like using all your senses like smell your food really taste your food like 
allow yourself to if you're choosing to eat whatever it is make sure you're really enjoying it and not just passively eating it and like being completely mindless with it but also like a lot of what you were saying there is just I can't do it like I can't just be normal around food I can't and those beliefs and those statements are almost causing that panic Mm. because you're you're telling yourself that you can't be trusted Mm. and so that's what plays out because that's the thought that you're starting it with so that you're putting that kind of filter on your brain before you've even started so then of course when the food's there all you're going to do is act out what you've said in the first place so that's the the one thing that I really say to people when it comes to trying to build new habits is it's fine to say I want to do xyz new habits but all of those things tend to be behavior based Mm. and it's very hard to establish a new behavior if your beliefs and how you feel about yourself as a person contradict with that and that's when you need a lot of willpower because if you're saying like the example I always give is if you want to start waking up at 5 a.m but you say to people, I'm so lazy, I'm not a morning person, then it's going to be really hard work to wake up at 5am. Because how you, what you believe is so different from what you're trying to do. Mm. Whereas if you can start shifting your beliefs to say, actually, I love the opportunity to get ahead of the day and spend some time on the things that are really important to me before I start dealing with everyone else's needs, all of a sudden 5am becomes a lot more appealing. Mm. because it's something that you can really get behind and so I'd say in those situations obviously the mindful eating helps but actually working on what it is that you believe to be true around yourself and food and starting to shift those things and it doesn't mean you're going to go overnight to feeling like completely different but just like write down the statements that you're saying to yourself and just try and shift them bit by bit even if it's just saying like I'm committed to feeling more safe around food or I'm committed to like letting go of the food rules and learning to be a bit more intuitive like slowly taking the steps away from how you're currently feeling about yourself to more empowered thoughts Mm. so that it's easier to actually do the actions that would align with those new thoughts Mm. I mean absolutely it all makes sense and like I'm so into manifesting and and everything you're saying about mindset just so comes into it you're literally whatever you tell your subconscious that will is what is going to pan out in your behavior so you're absolutely right and something I felt really um what's the word something really hit a nerve with me with what you were saying then about feeling safe around food and feeling um worthy because ultimately all of this comes down to low self-esteem and low self-worth and no matter how much I think I'm improving my self-esteem and self-worth when it comes to food I have had so it is so deep-rooted that I will I it's going to take me a lot of work to feel worthy of just enjoying food and feeling like I'm still enough even if Mm. Um, for I suppose what might like a massive part of my self-worth uh, this is hard for me to admit but is comes down to like how much I weigh wh- whether I feel thin or not and if I don't feel thin I feel unhappy I feel unworthy I feel that people are gonna think I'm ugly or f- overweight and judge me for that I don't feel good in clothes which is so important to me so yeah this is like deep-rooted issues here so you're dealing with like what you actually do 
for so many people is like therapy literally like going to the root of the the issue and all this stuff that's you know on our Instagram feeds about like telling ourselves we're enough and like a lot of that is can be surface level and like when it comes to things like food which started the issue started literally in our early childhood um that is like painful to kind of even go there isn't it and it's like really real stuff Mm. and you start to realize like it's naturally it's gonna take a long time to unravel because when you start to think about the memories that have created these beliefs that you've got a lot of them go back to when you're a small child so naturally it's gonna take a while to unpick those but actually and I, I think the reason this is why people just resort straight back to diets because if someone says I can promise you'll lose 10 kilos in the next three months we as a society just want that instant hit so we're like yeah I could do the work and I could unravel everything and I'm sure it'll feel really good but someone's told me I could lose 10 kilos in three months so I'm gonna just go and do this not because everyone wants that instant thing and the short-term wins rather than thinking actually it might take a bit longer but then I'll feel like completely good but interestingly for me it didn't actually take me that much longer to lose the weight that I was ready to like I feel like now I'm at my kind of healthiest point I'm not at my thinnest point but for me it's about like the holistic picture of living like a good life I don't want to be restricting myself I feel like I'm at my healthiest weight and point for where I'm at and it didn't take me that much longer but the way that I did it was just way more through the mindset stuff because then I wasn't having to work hard to want to exercise and to eat like a range of foods and to stop when I was but all those things happened really naturally and quite easily because I shifted the focus to the mindset stuff and you're right it's really similar principles principles to like manifestation because it's all about feeding your mind with the positive stuff and putting that positive slant on things and not not ignoring the negatives like making sure you address them but trying to find any truth in them so if you have that thought that you just cannot be trusted around food you can't open a pack of biscuits without finishing them it's going to that and being like okay where's the truth in that Mm. like where has that come from where did that start and just unpick it and start to prove to yourself that that is not true like you absolutely can be trusted you only finish it because you're telling yourself you can't so start to unpick it and just shift it into a more positive stance of you know, I'm safe to have biscuits in the house and I'll have them when I fancy it. And actually when you have it, allowing yourself to enjoy it, because if you get the satisfaction that you need from the first biscuit, then you won't go back for the rest of the pack. Mm. But we feel so ashamed of the fact that we're going for it in the first place that we don't allow ourselves to feel satisfied by the first one, which is why you end up 20 biscuits deep. Mm, mm, it's so hard but also with sugar you know it's proven how addictive it is it like acts like cocaine in our brains Mm. so how do you like I don't know if I can feel satisfied after one do you know even if I was not emotionally eating it's bringing my brain the feel good I want more more. so how do you stop And I, so I'm not a nutritionist, so I don't tend to focus on the specifics of what people eat at all. I have a personal interest in it, but like from a qualification point of view, it's not what I do. But 
honestly when you do the mindset stuff around like dealing with your emotions in a different way and shifting how you feel about yourself and actually viewing yourself as a healthy person that enjoys eating like Mm. nourishing whole foods Mm. the craving genuinely isn't there like Mm. every now and then especially for me it's around my monthly cycle and I will have Mm. a couple of days where I'm really like oh I could do with some chocolate like that would be really nice and now I can accept that and I don't even make it a big deal I just Mm. I'm like okay cool today is chocolate day let's go up the road and get some cake and Mm. I enjoy it and I put it behind me and I get on with my day and it's fine so it doesn't become this issue that it used to be but actually on a day-to-day basis I just don't need it because that emotional layer has been removed and I know that I feel so much better physically and therefore mentally when I'm eating like whole balanced foods Mm. it just isn't that appealing to eat super super sugary stuff Mm. I do occasionally like if I'm out somewhere and something really appeals then sure I might have something but genuinely once that emotional layer is lifted there just isn't really the drive because your body wants what's going to make it feel good. Mm, it's so true. And like when you do feel like sort of really okay in yourself mentally and emotionally, you do tend to like want to nourish yourself. So when I'm really happy or I've got something exciting going on, um, I feel really good in myself, then I do tend to eat well. It's only in those hard moments when you're kind of self-sabotaging because you're having a hard time that you mm. tend to like punish yourself with food so how do you get say you get to that point and you're like self-sabotaging how because you're having a hard time how do you stop yourself I think it's partly it's taking the pressure off yourself because the more you're trying to force yourself to stop the more like resistance you're creating so I think it's you know, some people it's a self-sabotage, some people it's almost like a self-protection, like we're either eating to avoid an emotion or to try and deal with an emotion, whatever way around it is, it's just allowing yourself a chance to like calm your whole kind of nervous system almost, like bringing yourself back, you know that to be able to stop, it's not about forcing yourself to stop eating, it's about being able to calm yourself enough that stopping eating is like a natural thing. Mm-hmm. so even just like breathing go outside like just try and bring yourself back because you're obviously in a bit of a state to be there in the first place so it's just mm-hmm. really trying to regulate yourself so that you feel more kind of yeah just calm and mm-hmm. so rather than like putting pressure on again it's like the focus is on the food like I must stop eating the food and after I've had this but I'll stop eating the food just really think I just need to like bring myself back to center and then you'll be more in control of it because we're often in some kind of weird state when we get to that point like we're not even ourselves so it's being able to just bring yourself back yeah I think it's so true I mean you know not just with eating but in so many parts of motherhood like when our kids are really triggering us or anything like that I mean actually that's a good point when our kids are really triggering triggering us and we need an escape we need to zone out sometimes we'll go to the fridge Mm -hmm. and get all the cupboard and get a biscuit or something just to like escape that like moment um and it's a way of channeling that emotion like if the alternative is like either scream at your kids because you're like that mm. or you get some biscuits and you like 
process that, that mm. like frustration through that like obviously that's what mum's going to choose because no one wants to be like screaming at their kids mm. but it's almost just saying to yourself okay well what's my option three like no I don't want to do that but I also don't want to punish myself for having these emotions like it's okay to feel well up by it and frustrated by it but what's my option three like what else can I do mm. to let that emotion pass through and like get me back to feeling normal that mm. doesn't involve sabotaging myself in the process because actually I'm worthy enough that I don't need to do that like mm. it, it comes back to the worth thing again mm. that's it I mean yeah if you can conquer your self-worth you can conquer so many things can't you and emotionally yeah. do such a big part of it so Okay, my I've got a couple of last questions for you. One is, I get like the 4pm slump. Actually, I kind of get it at 4pm and then again at 7pm where I just want chocolate, like dark chocolate to give me some energy to get me through because I'm exhausted. So when you're really tired, what can you do to get more energy that isn't turning to food? Or is it okay to turn to a bit of chocolate then? I do find if I have like a dark some dark chocolate at that time it does get me through the rest of the day <laughs> yeah and that look there are times where you might not be hungry and you can eat anyway like it's it's not about restricting yourself with the I can only eat when I'm feeling hungry thing because there is so much more to food than just like your stomach's satisfaction level obviously that's gonna you'd hope that would be like the biggest chunk of it but your sanity, your joy, like all of these things are important too. And if you're in a situation like you're stuck at home, you can't get out because you've got the kids there and you need to be able to do dinner, bath, bed, all the rest of it. If a few squares of dark chocolate gets you through and you can feel good about that and you make an empowered choice that I might not be hungry, but I I know I'll really enjoy this and it's really going to help me get through the next few hours. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like the, the main purpose of this is to get you feeling like happier and more like whole as a person and if that dark chocolate is a really good part of you know your setup then there's no reason to stop it Mm. it's only if that is causing you like distress after because you're like oh what how could I possibly like give in to the chocolate again like that's when it's got a problem If you wanted to just cut that completely, I would say things like getting outside again, like just Mm. even if it's just chucking the back door open and just having five, ten minutes, just run around in the garden Mm. or like water, they always say is like such a calming thing for everyone. Like whether that's depending on the weather, like getting in the bath or just playing outside some water, it just helps like, again, regulate everyone and just give you that little boost of energy or just like dancing around the kitchen like there's Mm. things you can do to just give you that mental boost Mm. you don't have to turn to food but actually depends on your setup with when you eat dinner and stuff but there's no reason you can't have that little thing to tide you over so that say it's like 7 8 p.m before you're eating dinner if you didn't have anything you'd probably be starving by the time you get to that point and if we're completely starving then we don't really make rational choices where food's concerned so Mm. if you can yeah have a little bit of something and that tides you over and then you're feeling like a good level of hunger later then you've managed yourself really well okay no that's amazing so I don't need to feel guilty about that chocolate that I'm eating no Um, (laughs) that's great well okay and then my last question is I find my daughter incredibly 
triggering I know everyone hates that word but it's that's the only way I can describe it because she is literally me as a child so I feel like she is like my inner child embodied yeah. my daughter and she has a teeny she is obsessed with sugar addicted mm-hmm. to sugar and I find it so triggering and I just try hard to stay chilled around it and I don't want to restrict her but I also don't want her to only eat sugar which is what she would do if she had the choice so how do I manage this I think it's just trying to not make anything a big deal take food off the pedestal and just but she would only eat sugar like yeah yeah. you would only eat sugar yeah they I think there's obviously a phase that all kids go through where that happens I think most of the time they will do what you do. So if they see you have a really nice balanced relationship and like I make a point to always eat with the kids and then they can see me eating a range of stuff. And I feel like that has really helped because we had the same thing for a while, but it's just them seeing what you do and they will just copy you. Like kids Mm -hmm. just, they're never going to do what you say. They will do what you do. So if you can make sure that you do the work on yourself, then there will be a ripple effect on them too. Mm, that is amazing yeah that's amazing advice just be chill I just need to chill I just need to come and get some sessions with you basically all <laughs> yeah, <do> incredible <laughs> and thank you so so much for coming on the podcast because I've learned so much and I think everyone right. listening will be like really interested so thank you so much no thank you for having me and if you want to get in touch with you you have a website and an Instagram blooming motherful blooming motherful and the sage mama how brilliant was she we got cut off at the end but she's got two instagrams blooming motherful and the sage mama and she offers one-to-one coaching and she does lots of master classes and all sorts so if you like the sound of her go and check her out i definitely need some sessions with her she saw into my soul didn't she um yeah she's absolutely amazing and i'm so glad that she approached me to come on the podcast right guys have a fantastic rest of your week and um yeah lots of love (laughs) 